Hey everyone, welcome back to the Five Tool Podcast. As always, I'm George Klein, and this week I talked to Zahim Das about the NFL playoffs, the games that happened last weekend, and the games that we're looking forward to this weekend since it's been so much fun already. And I do want to note quickly that we did have some technical issues. Our normal method of recording wasn't working, so we had to revert to plan B. So the audio quality will be a little worse than it normally is, so apologies for that, and hopefully I'm expecting to have everything up and running as normal for next week. So thanks for listening, and enjoy. All right, so I'm here with Zahin Das. There's been some uh, technical issues so far, but we are battling through, and we're going to make it happen. So we're going to talk about some of the NFL, well, all of the NFL playoff games that happened last weekend, the ones that will be happening this next weekend, so... Let's just dive right into it. The first playoff game last weekend was Colts-Texans, and in a lot of ways, I mean, it was the most, I guess, boring game, but it's the, it was the classic Saturday afternoon playoff game where the Texans don't really show up, and really they got exposed for what I think we all, or a lot of us were sort of expecting, in that you can't really trust the Texans in the, in the playoffs, because stuff like this just seems to happen every year. They can't get anything going on offense the Colts just really dominated that game so what were your initial thoughts on that yeah it was, it was pretty sad for the Texans because it, it's kind of like you said you know they've been doing this for as, as long as I can remember uh, and this actually felt like they had a really legit team this year you know they've had some great pieces for a while ever since Davion Clowney got there we thought the pass rush was going to change things and then Deshaun Watson came and People started talking about Hopkins as, like, the best wide receiver in the NFL. I've heard a lot of people on comment sections saying that the last year or two. And it kind of felt like they had all the pieces. But, yeah, it's something about these Saturday afternoon games. It's just, they totally shut down. Like, there was none none of the exciting plays by Watson or crazy catches by Hopkins that we've seen throughout the season. Uh, their defense looked pretty average against a Colts offense that's been, like, fun. You know? I was kind of disappointed. It was it was a rough game for Watson too because it looked like I mean there were four or five throws that I can remember just off the top of my head where he just completely missed people. There were a couple of balls even in the red zone that just fell I don't know three feet short of the receiver and just kind of bounced into the ground and that was just kind of the tone set for the entire game. There were reports about Hopkins and an injured shoulder and that clearly clearly did not help matters, but especially just on the Colts side, it just happened really quickly where all of a sudden they're up 21 nothing, and you were just kind of looking around saying, okay, yeah, I guess I guess the game's just, just over. And they were able to run with Marlon Mack the whole time. And if you're Houston and you pride yourself on your rushing defense, it was just shocking to watch that happen. He ended up running for 148 yards and a touchdown. And especially on one of those last drives where they're just trying to eke out the clock and just leave. Uh, he was able to just kind of run all over them, kept getting those important first downs. And then, yeah, and then they were just able to kind of win it pretty pretty easily. They just got off to that early lead and then just kind of maintained it. So we'll get into the Colts in a little bit, but they will be traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. And what's a really interesting game because the Colts, I mean, all of a sudden you can look at them as the hottest team in the entire league. Start out one five. Now they're eleven and six. I guess if you include the playoffs. So yeah, just really, really kind of a magical turnaround for them. Um, and then we move on to 
the Saturday night game, we've got the Cowboys over the Seahawks. Uh, the Cowboys won by two, and I came away with this. I still think that the Seahawks are the better team. I think they should have won that game. It was just their offensive mentality was very, very confusing for the most part of the game, or for for the majority of the game. It just seemed like they were running the ball up the middle for two yards over and over and over again. And then you have Russell Wilson there who can really just make things happen for you. Um, I don't know. What did you think about that? I mean, I would I would definitely disagree that the Seahawks were the better team. In my mind, that's the, the, the Cowboys are directly the better team. Because I just look position to position and I don't see any... I see the advantage of quarterback. I think Russell Wilson's better than Dak Prescott. But beyond that, I really don't see any, any place where I would take a Seahawks player over a Cowboys player. And uh, so I think... The, Dallas had the better squad. I see what you're saying about the offensive game plan, and it definitely wasn't great. Um, but I don't know. You know, I, I've said all season. I didn't. I, I was one of the absolute doubters in the Seahawks. I thought they were going to tank this season. I don't know how they made it this far. Kind of crazy how they did. I don't know what Pete Carroll, you know, snuck up to be able to make that happen. But um, and to be fair, there was a lot of bad luck with all these NFL teams. I don't know. You just would expect them to be able to just find i don't know a kicker who can stay healthy and janikowski's great but it just seems like just overall as a league it's just wild how many how many bad situations there are in that aspect of the game it just makes you kind of scratch your head but you're right the cowboys do have a ton of talented players i still i'm not a prescott believer i still expect i i'm just kind of waiting for that 180 yard one interception game, no touchdowns, where you where they just can't move the ball up and down the field, and it's just a real grind, and Ezekiel Elliott's their only real hope. But it did get kind of wacky there where, I mean, without a kicker, the Seahawks had to go for two, but they were able to get it, so you wondered, was it really a negative for them if you're just at least looking in the second half and whatnot with all of that? But it came down to, I guess... Well, it didn't really come down to it because it was a low chance anyway, just with the new rules. But they had an onside kick that was a little mysterious where I guess their punter tried to drop kick it, but he just hit it too hard and it sailed 30 yards down down the field in quite an anticlimactic moment. But I don't know. I still like the Seahawks. I think that their defense was so feisty. I came away from that game. I don't know. It's just the Cowboys are good, but I still find it tough. Uh, I just can't fully buy into them. I'll let you go first on this one, but I have a lot of thoughts on this one. Thought it was just a really interesting game. Sunday afternoon, Chargers over the Ravens, 23-17. So what did you think about that game at first? Well, first of all, I'm going to give you a little bit of credit. You know, you were pretty big. You were saying, why not the Chargers (laughs) in preseason? I remember that. And, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're a powerhouse. I mean, I think this is a pretty... I, I'm surprised that you're so interested. And I thought it was actually a pretty boring game uh, and not great for the fans. And just, you know, Baltimore made it interesting at the end. Like, yeah, they got a little, little feisty, use your words, right at the end there. But I don't know. To me, if the if the Chargers had blown that one, it would have been an absolute travesty. Like, they're head and shoulders above this Ravens team. Ravens another team that I think just capitalized on all the confusion going on in the AFC and the weak field. Uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson's a pretty fun player to watch, and he's he makes it interesting to be a Ravens fan again, which I think it hasn't been interesting for a while, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but, you know, 
I, I, I mean, the Chargers are such such a more complete team, and they really, if, if anything, they should be concerned coming out of this that they weren't able to capitalize more and put this thing totally to bed. I mean, they didn't score a touchdown until the uh, fourth quarter. Yeah, it was. <laughs> there were a lot of field goals. <laughs> we can just put it that way. Um, I was watching Columbia football out there. <laughs> it was so funny, uh, because. The game went from 0 to 100 really, really quickly. It was a pretty, you were right, lackadaisical 23-3. to Chargers were just, I mean, it looked like they were playing different sports, just completely, just at a completely other level. But then all of a sudden, the Ravens are able to spark up some magic, mount this ridiculous comeback, and even had a real chance to win it at the end. They, they were something like 50 seconds left they had the ball at their own 20 so I guess you know with Lamar Jackson you're not expecting a great last drive there really but they at least had a chance but I did come away with this I do question the Ravens success moving forward because they were so so bad for so long in that game and yes Lamar Jackson was able to pick it up in the fourth quarter mount a couple of good drives there but I, w- I was wondering this whole kind of late season run, whether it was a gimmick where they were just running the ball so much and the way that how many times that Jackson is carrying the ball, you just don't think that it can be sustainable just because, I mean, and we've seen injury wise with, I don't know, RG3, who is his uh, third string quarterback right now for this year. It just seems like with this kind of playing style, you just wonder how long he can last at, at the quarterback position. And the Chargers really mounted a good game plan. Melvin Ingram was dominating. The Ravens really couldn't mount anything with that running attack. That, But it really did look like the Chargers were the better team. But they weren't great on offense either. I will say that. I feel like people in the aftermath of this game are giving them a, a pass on that. Yes, the Ravens' defense is good. But I don't know. The Chargers were able to capitalize on a few turnovers of the Ravens. Basically, Lamar Jackson's inability to, to hang on to the football. But I think without those turnovers, you see a much more even game because Los Angeles was consistently getting the ball at like the 50 or the Ravens 40, and they're able to kind of kick field goals from that field position. But I don't know. I wasn't overly impressed by their offensive side. But again, they've been my team the whole the whole year. I feel like they're legit. They kind of got in the muck with this Ravens team where it's an ugly defensive grind, but they came out on top and it's... An impressive win for the Chargers because you don't necessarily think of them as that kind of team. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the, maybe the big positive is that it's kind of their defense that got them over the line. I mean, not kind of, it definitely was. Uh, when we think of them as that high-powered Los Angeles kind of team with, you know, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, Philip Rivers, all that. Uh, but they had, I think they had seven sacks uh, against the Ravens, which which was huge. They hit the quarterback. It's like you said, playing the Ravens has been ugly all season, like, it's they've been in the most least enjoyable games to watch because it's just ugly football. Like, yeah, it's like you said, defensive. You know, doesn't look like football. So, credit to them that they're able to grind it out. Um, they're not going to play a game like that at all for the rest of the playoffs. And uh, I really think that their game against New England is going to be one of the best of the entire playoff season. I'm so excited for it. Another really good fight. Last game of the last weekend was the best game: Eagles and the Bears. We all know what happened with the Cody Parkey kick at the end with the double doink it looks like it was tipped now slightly um I mean Chicago fans have been concerned about him all year long he's missed a ton of kicks hit a lot of uprights and 
yes, it might have been tipped, but what every Bears fan feared happened at the worst possible time. And I got to admit, that's that's a tough sports loss, I think. I mean, every sports fan has had a couple of those, but that it was so tough because it looked like it almost went in. I had to take a couple seconds because I wasn't quite sure because it hit off the left upright, then went straight down and the angle made it look like I wasn't quite sure if it had like fallen backwards or I don't know. It was a whole mess. What did you think like right right when you saw that kick happen? Actually, the only reason I knew right away it didn't go in is because I saw the Bears mask fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just saw the dude in the Bears costume like collapse to the ground in agony. I was like, what? I mean, that's, that's the most bizarre ending. Maybe not the most bizarre, but it, it's up there. I mean, that is so terrible. As someone who suffered one of the worst endings to a playoff to a football game in sports history, you know this is this is pretty bad too. And I just don't get what it is about the Eagles. Like this is the yeah. exact same as last year, too. exactly. Like they were the worst team for ninety nine percent of of that game, I think, and they were in the playoffs last year. And they just they stay they stick around, and by some crazy absurd piece of luck, like they managed to. Or, like, by the finest of margins. And, like, it was a really tight game. The, the crazy part is that if that had gone in, they, the Eagles would have essentially lost on that failed two-point conversion, which was, like, a centimeter short of crossing the play. Yeah. So either way, it was going to be really, really fine margins. Um, but it's just wild that it got decided by, like, an inch on the upright rather than an inch on the play on the other side. I mean, that's just crazy. I think that's what – I guess that's why people love playoff football. But so heartbreaking. Bears are such a good team. Uh, they've been saving bears so long. It's like, they're like, oh, they're back. You know, bad news bears, but that's pretty heartbreaking. It was just, it's unbelievable how Nick Foles just kind of, and I know that everyone's talking about it, but I think it's just worth, I don't know. It's just such an incredible story. And I mean, he was out there, he was throwing up wild passes. There was one to Tate that was up the middle where it looked like a curveball. There was a gift that was circulating online where the ball started out over to the right and then just curved over to the left and then Tate lunged in front of a defender and was just able to grab it. And it's just stuff like that. And you're right. It's the finest of margins how they're able to keep doing this. You're talking about, I mean, one last frantic drive against the fearsome Bears. I mean, who we've been talking about all, all year as you can't score on them. You can't drive the ball on them. But all of a sudden, the Bears are having a hard time tackling Alshon Jeffrey and whatnot. And then it gets to fourth and goal. And it's just so close and a pass out to the right. We'll get into this later, but it's becoming tougher and tougher to rule out the, the Eagles in any game. Because, I mean, you you look at these games on paper over and over and over again. They're not the better team. I mean, on paper, the Bears, the Patriots last year, basically any team that Nick Foles went up against, it really looked like they should have lost that game by six, seven points. But they were just able to hang around hang around the defense is completely back and when they need it most just in the fourth quarter they're able to find that magic it's just it's incredible to watch um and it is tough for chicago they really i mean they were all in this year with the khalil mack trade they go 12 and 4 really really pumped coming into the playoffs half that three seed but that's what's so brutal just about the nfl playoff structure you know one off game and you're out and i'm I didn't even think that Chicago played that that poorly. I mean, Mitch Trubisky threw for like 300 yards. That's that's really all you can expect from him. The defense only gave, the yeah, and the defense only gave up 16 points. But 
the Eagles are just that classic team able to find a way. I mean, you look at the stats, like the Eagles rushed for 42 yards on 23 carries, Foles 266 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. You really think that the Bears are, are able to win that game every single time, but just something happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it, man. I mean, I still think that the Eagles are going to get absolutely obliterated by the Saints, but they also, I mean, I thought they'd be obliterated several times last year, and it never happened, so it's incredibly annoying, but somehow just like the pure you know, assholeness of the Philly fan base just keeps them going, despite all the odds. <laughs> Alright, so let's get into the games for this upcoming weekend. Really just a really good schedule. I'm excited for every one of these games, honestly, just looking at them. It seems like it's one of the better divisional rounds that I can remember in recent memory. I mean, last week, it always seems like you have one of those games where it's like the Titans are off to Gillette Stadium to face the New England Patriots. What do we think happens there? And New England wins by like 30. But I really don't think that that will happen for any of these games. First, first game is Indianapolis against the Colts right now. The spread for that is the Colts are minus five and a half. So what are your thoughts on on this game? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of, I've heard a lot of people talking about Colts maybe springing an upset. But uh, to me, I'd be, I'd be shocked. I think the Chiefs are too good. I think it's going to be one of those games where it's close for the first quarter, close for the second quarter. Everyone's like, oh, man, maybe the Colts, maybe the Colts. But then I think the Chiefs are going to pull away. It's in Kansas City. The offense is good enough. Um. I don't know if the Chiefs will go a lot further than this game, but I think they should deal with the Colts like pretty easily. I mean, maybe it'll be int- interesting. I mean, because like you said, Marlon Mack has been effective, but uh, I don't know. I- I'm pretty confident with the Chiefs pick in this one. I'd say my concern for the Chiefs is, I mean, we know what their big weakness is. They have a hard time stopping anyone, especially on the ground. And I look at this Colts offense that's on fire and. I think there does, that there does have to be a good amount of concern just when you're talking about Andrew Luck, Hilton, and then you have Marlon Mack running the ball. I think that there's a recipe for the Chiefs to give up 32, 34 points. I think we're we're in for an offensive slugfest. Again, I'm going to lean with you. I think that the Chiefs win this game. I just think that their ability to just dominate, and I mean, you talk about Mahomes, you talk about everyone on their offense. They've been able to just plug in guys too, just all season long who have stepped right up and have been able to contribute like Williams, but I think that the Chiefs win this game. I'm going to say I think it's closer than you do. I think that it's one of those one scoreish type games all the way through, but I think that the Chiefs win. I'm expecting like a score in the 30s, maybe something like 38-31 or something like that, where Mahomes throws for four touchdowns, Luck throws for, for four touchdowns, and it's just a couple plays that throw it the Chiefs' way. The Chiefs are just able to mount offense that just can't be stopped, but I'm going to say it does feel like the Chiefs have lost a lot of their early season momentum, at least just in the view of kind of the sporting world. So I do kind of wonder if they start to turn into one of those no one believes in us teams that everyone always talks about. And we talked about it last year on this uh, before we were on iTunes or whatever, but where the most powerful thing in football is a group of guys saying no one believes in us. And now the Chiefs kind of have that. So I could kind of look at that and say, Chiefs could go on a run here. That's maybe not as surprising to everyone else, but they're able to convince themselves that it is. I mean, it just kind of feels like it's going to be the Mahomes show, right? Like he is yeah. one thing that we've learned from this season is he is really, really good. And 
it just seems like the kind of stage where now it's playoff time. Like he's gonna pull off some crazy throws, get the crowd really into it. They're just gonna overwhelm this Colts team. But man, we'll see. So we're both gonna take the Chiefs there. Then Saturday night we've got the Cowboys at the Rams. It seems like you're a little higher on the Cowboys than I am. I know that the Rams have had some struggles late in the year. Goff had his had a lot of issues in like the last stretch of the year. That kind of took him from an MVP candidate to are we able to trust this guy in a playoff game? It it, it seemed like in a lot of the minds of the fans. I'm curious to see what what he kind of looks like. The health of Todd Gurley is also a major issue for for this game. I'm going to take the Rams just because, like I mentioned before, I'm not incredibly high on on the Cowboys. They're good. I just don't think that they can contend with the Rams. And the Rams are another team that's lost a lot of their early season luster. A lot of people seem to be doubting whether they can win a game, how, how far they can advance into these playoffs. But I still think that I expect Sean McVay to make some adjustments, have, have a couple wrinkles, maybe run some more jet sweeps or some weird <laughs> stuff like that. But I always kind of expect him to kind of get this offense back into formation. I do have a lot of questions about the Rams' ability to stop a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, but I think just overall the Rams are the more talented group. So I'm going to lean with them. Yeah, I mean, the thing to me is this. Like, you know, last season uh, the Rams had that game against the Falcons, which was just devastating for them. And I think because of that, Sean McVay is going to be over, over, over prepared for this game because – you know, there was all that scrutiny, like, should he have rested guys in Week 17 before the Falcons game? Were they rusty? Or were they, what happened to that great offense, that great defense? They just really got outplayed in that game. So I think Sean McVay, with his, you know, brilliant football genius mind that everyone loves so much, is going to, like, go crazy preparing for this one. And they're going to be way too much for the Cowboys. I think. Like, if anything, they'll be playoff jitters because they're nervous about what happened last time, but that'll go away soon. I'm not so worried about the Todd Gurley thing because – People forget in that crazy Rams-Chiefs game that was like the highlight of the season, Gurley wasn't even a part of that. He, he just kind of sprained his ankle, or turned his ankle in the first quarter, and they stopped really giving the ball to him. And they still got, what, like 55 points? Yeah. Uh, they, they're not relying on Gurley. Some people think they're, they're not. Um, this this should be a dismantling. Like, I, I think it'll, it could, you know, it really should be. But you never know if this is playoffs. But I'm pretty confident the Rams pick here. Yeah, I just... I'm still waiting for the Cowboys to kind of throw up one of those off games that they seem to have, where all of a sudden it's, they're down 16, they can't score, they score three, they score seven points for the entire game, and you're just kind of scratching your head wondering what what happened, because it seems like every few weeks the Cowboys have one of those games, and I just can't see them, you know putting up a real playoff run without one of those games happening. Um, So yeah, I feel pretty confident about the about the Rams too. And then we move on to Sunday, which as you mentioned before, to me, this is the game that I'm most excited about. Uh, I'm, I will admit that I'm a new England hater, but also just aside from rooting on the chargers, it's just a really intriguing game. You have, it's the oldest quarterback matchup in playoff history. Apparently Tom Brady's 41 rivers is 37. I think. And the Patriots, again, it just seems like, it's the perfect time for the Chargers to mount one of these runs. It just you are it does it's starting to feel like it's their year, just in that they finally kind of put it all together. They had a ton of kicker issues when they were making the playoffs like ten years ago, and it seems like they've really taken care of that. New England's 
really a shell of its former self and it does say a lot that a shell of their former self is still great and they went 8-0 at at home this year but I mean they have to lose at home eventually and if they're going to lose at home it seems like it would be to the Chargers who now are 8-1 away and this has been my thing with the Chargers this whole year I feel like they're built for environments like this because their home environment is so bad other teams fans can just infiltrate and kind of take over that stadium the Chargers have faced hostile crowds more than anyone else this entire year so they're not going to be overwhelmed by Gillette and I'm going to take the Patriots just because my stance on this is I'm going to keep taking New England until it doesn't happen. It's my same take with the Golden State Warriors where I expect them to win every single time until they don't. But I it really wouldn't surprise me at all if, if the Chargers won this game. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm surprised. You kind of plot twist at the end. Little plot twist. I, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm going Chargers here. Uh, I think you made a good point. You made it to me before how, Chargers are built uh, to play on the road, built for the playoffs. They're, they're okay with the hostile fan bases and, and all that stuff. And uh, I just think, like, you know, it is great. It's, it's fascinating that it's the oldest quarterback matchup ever. That's going to make it really fun, you know. I'm sure the commentators will love mentioning that about these veteran guys making veteran throws and stuff. But um, I don't know. I just feel like New England, they tried to patch things together and get Josh Gordon to put a playmaker on their offense, which they didn't have. And as as was probably pretty predictable, that's gone now. That's totally collapsed. Um, I just don't know if they have the firepower to outgun Los Angeles. You know, we we saw that offense get kind of stymied in an ugly game, like we said against Baltimore. But this is not going to be that game. They're going to have a lot more space to work with. I would expect Melvin Gordon to establish himself a lot more strongly in this one. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that they're going to be too powerful at the end of the day. Uh, it used to be in the past that New England would always just have so much firepower, but I think for once, for the, for the first time in a while, they're going up against a playoff team that just has an all-round more talented offense than they do. So I I don't know. I like the Chargers in this one. Of course, like you said, every time you doubt the Patriots, they prove you wrong, but I'm hoping I'm right this time. Yeah, you're right that I kind of went in with the plot twist at the end there because everything in my head, I guess, again, it's one of those things where when you're looking at it beforehand, it seems like the Chargers have the better overall team and that they should win this game, but the Patriots are just one of those groups where they're always able to kind of come up with the weird, miraculous stuff that always seems to happen. I think a big question for this game is which Tom shows up, where with uh with Brady, there's been times where he's looked like, you know, a closer version to his peak self, and there's been times where he really hasn't looked so great, missed some throws that you're not accustomed to seeing him miss and there's been some times where he's just totally missed guys where the throws I, I don't know five feet high or three feet to the right and it does it does kind of strike me as it's a little Manning-ish not last season Peyton Manning where he couldn't do anything and threw for like 80 yards and an interception every game but the year before where coming down that stretch it was Peyton Manning where, yes, he was still all right, but he, but it wasn't quite the Manning we were all accustomed to seeing. I do, I am starting to really wonder, and I'm never going to count them out. I'm never going to count him out, but I do wonder really how long Tom can and will keep this up. But again, I just have to say New England just because I just always kind of expect them to, to be able to pull it out. But you're right in that the Chargers should win this game, I think. It's a game that they can most definitely win. Um I wonder if there's any concern just about how 
Yes, they were able to beat the Ravens last week, but they let them back into that game. It started to look like a Chargers collapse again for a couple of moments there. They only won that game by six when the Ravens really were pretty awful that entire game. I I don't know. I just, when you're looking at two playoff teams, the Patriots are just so much more proven. I mean, obviously, but I don't know. I just, I have to lean towards them. And then we have the last game, Eagles up against the Saints. So you had mentioned before and that you expect the Saints just to completely dismantle them. Yeah, I mean, that's what my head tells me again. Like, it, it should be, right? They're just such a, so much of a better team. It's in New Orleans. But, uh, you know, the Eagles played better teams than them last year in the playoffs and won somehow. You know, like, this is almost similar to the, uh, like, the Super Bowl matchup last year when it was the Eagles-Saints. I mean, even then we felt, probably felt better about the Eagles then than we did now. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, again, like, I, I hate the Saints more than I hate the Eagles. Uh, from a fan's perspective, so I would not care. I would be happy to see the Eagles pull it off, but you've got to think this is where the magic ends, right? Logically speaking. Here's what I'll say. If the Eagles win this game, then we can officially say that something really funky is happening because there's no way that they should win this game. They're a sixth seed that snuck into the playoffs. If you look at New Orleans, there's weapons just everywhere. You've got Breeze, Kamara, Ingram, Michael Thomas, where Breeze to Thomas is just an unstoppable combination defensively too they've really patched things up well throughout the season have really improved they had a couple of really good wins I will say I mean if there's one thing that could hurt the Saints is you wonder eventually if that lack of a second receiver will come back to bite them I I don't know I mean if there's any game where that will happen it is the Eagles and something I don't know just weird stuff always happens now with the Eagles so again I'm going to take the Saints. You think that the Saints would be able to run away with this game. New Orleans has kind of taken the mantle of the best team in the league right now. Philly's just a middle and kind of magical group. But I mean, again, they're just able to pull out these games. So I don't really know what to think. Again, I'm going to take the Saints. I think everyone pretty much is will take the Saints. But there's a, there's a healthy amount of like skepticism here for me. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I think that the... Saints offense is going to take a step back uh, in the playoffs. I, I don't think they're as incredible as we maybe think they are based on the regular season. I Maybe this is a stupid thing to say, but I still don't think Michael Thomas is that incredible. Yo, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just think he gets an incredible amount of volume from, like, and we forget sometimes how unreal Drew Brees is. Like, yeah, like, he's great, and he's probably going to stay one of the elite wide receivers in the league, but, like, his stats... Uh, okay, the main thing is, I don't think he should have been the Pro Bowl starter at all. Like, I, mean, I don't know how he got that over, over you know who, Julio, who led the league by more than 100 yards. But, I mean, that's a different topic. But, this is your hottest take in a while. I mean, he's good, right? Obviously, I don't think he's a bad wide receiver, but I don't think he does, he's like one of the top two in the league. I'd say he's top, he's definitely top oh, ten. Man. I don't. He's probably top seven. Okay, top seven, damn. I mean, look, he has 125 receptions on 147 targets. I was marveling with Arthur last week just over that. It's just, yes, Drew Brees is good, but I think anything less than, like, the best receiver in the game, you can't get that kind of a catch. Because he just, he he just holds at everything. Obviously Julio, DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, Devonta Adams. Oh, 
Dude, no way. Uh, what? No, I feel like, I mean, Michael Thomas is right there, I, I feel like. I mean... He's behind those guys, I would say. No, uh, we're going to have to have, like, a show where we just spend the whole time, like, ranking wide receivers, but just off, off the top of... Antonio Brown had a step back this year, and his attitude really concerns me. I don't know. I think, like, Thomas, yes, Julio, like, OBJ, who got kind of screwed by, like, Eli this year, Smith-Schuster, I don't know, but... Discussion for sure. I mean, but I would rather... I mean, for me, Thomas is clearly, like, top three right now. No chance. All right. So, if you had to make a pick for this game, because we both think that the Saints will win, so... The spread right now is minus eight for the Saints. So I'm going to actually take the Eagles for that because yeah, I expect yeah, it to be like playoff. a four to seven point game. Yeah, I agree. I take, I take Eagles on the spread just because the playoffs is, you know, and, and because they've had, they've found ways to stay close in these games. And I was going to say, part of me thinks that if it is close, maybe they'll find a way. Like maybe the only way for the Saints to win is to, to really blow them out, like by two scores. Because just. Even, like we said, like they should have lost a lot of games by six points, but they didn't. But, I don't know, I'll still go Eagles on spread. I agree with that. Just in that, in a close game, you it seems like the Eagles are just able to kind of pull this stuff out. And if it's, you know, third and goal, the Eagles are down by four at the five-yard line. At that point, you almost have to think that they win that game, just from what we've seen. So, should be a really fascinating weekend. I'm really pumped for this. A lot to look forward to. Zahin, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So we'll be back next week after we find out what happens in all of these games. Again, we're still waiting on Harper and Machado to sign, but we'll do some MLB free agent talk once that happens, and we'll sign off now. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.